0: Welcome to episode 157 of Panelology. I'm Alex.
1: And I'm Brian.
0: Hey, how's it going? How are you? Uh, it is officially Tech Week. Oh, I, we know what that means. I have transcended reality and just exist in all points of the timeline that is Little Women right now. Okay. Um, I, 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 I am become theater creator of play. I don't know. <laughs> I spent 15 hours in the theater yesterday. I slept like five last night. It's going pretty well. Okay. As well as can be expected then, huh? Yeah. I mean, right. it's, it's going to be... It, like Tarzan and Bane, will be smooth. There you go. I am confident in that. How are you?
1: Uh, I'm good. Yeah. I'm... Somehow, in spite of all that, we both managed to see uh, Avengers Endgame. Yep. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Which we will not comment on this early. But... No. Yeah.
0: No, we will not. Uh, but, but... But go see that movie. Yes. Partake of that shared cultural experience while you can. Indeed. Want to talk about comics? Yes, that we should talk about. Yes, I would like nothing more. Let's start with Action Comics, number 1010, which incidentally is binary for 10. <laughs>
1: Very good, Alex. I like it.
0: I used to live in an apartment number that was 1011, and I could mm-hmm. never remember if I was in 1011 or 1110 11, until mm-hmm. I realized, well, no, I'm in the one that's binary for its own last two digits. There you go. So perfect. There are only two numbers that that's true of <laughs> 10 and 11. Yep. Yep. And I had three ones in mind. Anyway. So this. Welcome is, to my braid. <laughs> there we
1: go. This is a story of Clark and Lois going undercover. As spiral agents. Yeah. (laughs) To try to make contact and figure out who is targeting the head of America's intelligence agencies
0: going for the Royal flush. Exactly. Um, I really, really, really hope at some point in this, we see the Royal flush gig.
1: Oh, I think at some point we're going to have to. Yeah. Um, but I think what I like best about this is, this is maybe not what I like. One of the things I really like about this is the head of the intelligence agencies, uh-huh. like, or the people that are with them, like they know when they're being, being played yeah. by the by the agents of leviathan. Right? I mean
0: Mr. Bones in this is Oh,
1: Mr. Bones is great or yeah, yeah. was
0: great. <laughs> will always will be will we'll be gra- great
1: again. <laughs> Make Bones great again?
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. no, no, no. Uh, I am realizing something, though, now, as we're talking about this, that I think is part of why I liked this issue so much. mm mm-hmm. This is probably the most Lois and Clark... Yes. ...together without anyone else that we've gotten yet. And it's really from nice... From Bendis, yes. Yeah, from Bendis. Yeah, right. It's really nice to see the two of them... I mean, even if... I mean, okay, it's still maybe not really truly them, because they're being Chaz and... And I whatever her codename name. is. Yeah. Um... But still, like it's seeing them together, they're doing the hey, you like being undercover too much, the yada 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 just the kind of playful banter that they do. A oh, windy. And it's it's windy, yes. Jazz and windy, yes. It's nice getting Bindus's version of that, by the uh, way.
1: Yes, yes. And they meet Tiger, the yes, age which... that we know is you know, from Grayson, which we know is a big agent of spiral.
0: Wasn't he evil, or was he just be, be, being played? I remember... Grayson he was being fighting. played. Okay.
1: Yeah, He which he's... Mm, evil is not really the right word. He is... Mercenary. Yes, there yeah. you go. Very much so. But something happens, and Clark has to be Superman, like, right then. Yeah. And so he sees it, and he's like, wait, has Chaz always been Superman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, Uh,
1: it's beautiful, Um, and yeah, this is clearly this is them building up to the the big Leviathan event that's going to be happening. Yeah,
0: yeah. Which it took me until I think looking at at solicitations to realize the Leviathan event is actually called Event Leviathan. Yes, yeah. Is it just me or is it a little weird to have Event in the name?
1: Um, uh, yeah, they could have just called it Leviathan. Okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah, just just making sure
1: I wasn't being like, that's which strange, which is which is also like it's like an event that's a meta event because like Leviathan is also part of the year of the villain, yeah, which is a even bigger event,
0: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, uh, how about Wonder Woman number sixty nine?
1: Oh man, okay, I really, really am digging this this new Wonder Woman series. Me too. Um. This is Wonder Woman. They're trying to find out what's happening, and they get, like, a blip from this small town that they go to, and it is literally everyone losing all of their sexual inhibitions.
0: (laughs) Appropriate for issue number 69. (laughs) Yes, indeed it is. Nice. Um, Which
1: corresponded to also the... um, uh the Legends of Tomorrow episode from a week or so ago, a couple Have weeks ago.
0: I've <laughs> not seen most of this season yet. Okay.
1: There is there's there's a love god, a love creature that is released. Nice. And yeah. Um but regardless, so all of the arrows, the an- the angel cherubs, right, yeah. uh, Cupids, um kind of start attacking them and driving them off because they're not uh submitting to their inhibitions, so to speak, freeing <laughs> themselves, right? Um and Aphrodite comes in and like is like no 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 you report to me you don't and like commands them to stop very cool but then they go and find at the end uh, who is behind all this who has kind of corrupted them or s- assumed their thing and it's uh Atlant uh, let's see I I figured out how to pronounce this the other day uh Antilantyades which I looked it up in Greek mythology could refer to two different people yeah. Um, which is, could be Hermes, which is not who this is. Right. Or could be Hermes and Aphrodite's child, which is her, her, uh, Hermaphroditus.
0: Yeah, which, given the use of the they pronouns. Yes, exactly. I am going to guess is where we're going here.
1: Correct, because the, 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 the name uh, Atlantidites literally refers to as a, a descendant of Atlas. Yeah. Is where that comes from. Um, but anyway, history lesson over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> regardless, I really like how they're portraying these uh, these Greek gods kind of fallen to Earth. And uh, Aphrodite talks about how it's changed them. Like,
0: yes, I liked this so much.
1: Yeah, like the, the process of leaving the immortal realm of Olympus and coming to the mortal realm, like, changes them. Yeah. Like, it. it not like they're still themselves, but like, it, it tweaks their personality. Personality kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which you know Well, and that you, fits with everything we've seen so far. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and then I can't remember her name. Who is the the new person with the sword that inherited Maggie the Maggie and her conversation with the Pegasus? Yes. <laughs> that is so gross. <laughs> so wait 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 so you've had you've had uh relationships with uh non-equine people says the girl who's been who's been romancing as um, (laughs) a satyr for the last
0: three weeks it's it's different I will give you a hundred of your earth currency (laughs) if you can tell me how
1: Uh, just that conversation. I love yeah. it. Uh, yeah, this is just super, super fun to read. It's a compelling story. Like every uh, everything's good about it,
0: and the art. The art is oh, so God, good. It's
1: beautiful. Agreed. Uh, agreed. agreed. Right. Like I, high praise for Wonder Woman. Yes.
0: The Replacer. Uh this is I think we talked about this during solicitations. This is a 64-page, like graphic novella. So essentially an oversized one-shot, if you want to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Um written by Zach Thompson. That is fictionalized, semi-autobiographical. Um about his father having had a stroke when he was a young kid this frames it as a horror story and this kid sees his father have the stroke and as he does sees this demon uh, that he learns the name of and he goes out into research and he decides that this demon is making a home in his father to slowly like eat away parts of him and replace him and eventually kill him and he is convinced that this demon is real and he is trying to fight it and no one around him will believe him Ugh. Um, and I don't want to get into too much of Kind of what the moving parts are, what makes it work, mm-hmm. but it's very much framed as kind of a psychological thriller, more so than explicit horror. Yeah, um, you get sort of—I mean, reading it, it's—it's it's easy to read it with a a skeptical, cynical. Well, no, this is a child's imagination. Uh, no, this could just be coincidence, and he's reading in where there is none. Right, uh, but it plays with that ambiguity. Well, like, it's the it's the we get we see it sometimes
1: in stories where adults are when it's an adult doing this kind of thing it's always a question of their sanity right Right. when it's a child it's a question of is it their imagination
0: right yeah um and it plays very much in that territory uh it's also you know very self-referential to like other horror movies and monster movies like these were things that the kid in the story shared with his father um and there's there's you know sort of the 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 tension in the household between you know the very devout mother and the father who's like like an early scene in this is is the father and the son like basically come up with a plan for the son to fake sick so they can both get out of going to church and sit at home and watch monster movies together. <laughs> um, so that kind of that kind of tension is sort of the underpinning on which a lot of the is it real is it not is built. Got it. Um, and you of course get your like you know here's your creepy priest here's the other sibling who's the wild rebellious one um and then kind of the ways that this this monster may or may not be pulling the strings and escalating and what lengths will the kid have to go to to drive the monster out right i
1: i I do i i tend to like those stories as well where it's depending on whether you decide to buy into the truth of it. Yeah. Co- it completely changes how the story feels.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um it is a really satisfying read. I mean it it, it gets heavy, but it's mm-hmm. a really satisfying read. It's that kind of thing where like 64 pages through you're like okay that went very quickly but that's also like it, it doesn't feel like okay i'm slogging through more after more after right. more. it's very tight it's it's super well paced um you kind of you, you keep turning and you keep turning and oh you're done and it's it's a complete story it doesn't feel like too little it also doesn't but it's not, feel not too like much too either much. Yeah. exactly um so, really high recommendation on this one. You mean,
1: you mean someone wrote a story and figured out the right format to tell it in? What a what a yeah. great idea.
0: Well, and this is something we've seen a little bit of... I forget if... Uh, I forget if Eternal... I think Eternal was also Aftershock last year. But it was a similar kind of format. I think it was maybe a little longer. Similar, similar to, like, graphic novella format that was just a done-in-one that told this one very specific character-centric story. So, like... I'm glad that there are places out there willing to put out stories like this. Yeah. That one actually I think was Black Mask. Now that I now that I say it. Oh yeah. Um,
1: I, I think I do remember that. Yeah.
0: The the Viking warrior yeah. story. Yeah. Um But yeah, I'd like to see more stuff like this. Yeah. Yeah. Brian. Yes, sir. Tell me about the wicked and the divine number oh, 43. Okay. So, yeah,
1: just be prepared until this is done, which I mean there's only two more after this one. Until this is done, we're going to be talking about every one of these that come out. Um and huge big old time spoilers for this one. Yay! Um, yeah do not do, tune out now if you don't want to hear skip ahead yeah. I was going to um, say
0: just give me a thumbs up but you know I've got to edit this later actually you know what Brian just give me a thumbs up when I can put my headphones back on okay. don't say anything horrible or inappropriate that I would have to and
1: come. you can skip it okay perfect yep. and we'll will uh, take them off now alright now that Alex is gone we can talk about it no I'm just kidding I can still um, hear you <laughs> damn it all right, oh, well, um, go ahead. Yeah. So, about uh, three issues back, Laura came back and wasn't Persephone anymore. She was Laura. Um, so she was not a god anymore, but yet still had at least some powers. You know, we thought maybe they were like residual powers, whatever. Um, turns out that all of this hinges on nope. These people are not reborn gods. They're just people with powers. Ananke's secret is that she spins this fiction, and it's a different custom-crafted fiction... For each one of them, that convinces them that they are reborn gods and have to die within two years. And for thousands and thousands of years, every 97 years, people have bought into it. (laughs) And so in this one, we find that out. And we, all of them are... I thought I was a god because I could do this and because this affected me this way and da-da-da-da-da. And then the next panel is, but I'm not a god. And they all don't depower, right? Because turns out the power is just theirs anyway. The power was inside them all along. They de-deify, right? Um, Well, hmm, all of them but one (laughs) de-deify. And I won't tell you who that one is, but... The the very symbolic pantheon circle that we have seen so many times through the series. Um, the very last page is um, two six. Uh, all twelve of them, eleven of them are now skulls because those gods no longer exist, and one is still its symbol. Yeah. And if I if I if I read the text that's in the middle of it, you you you'll probably figure out who it is. And since I've already called spoilers, I'm going to do that now. We hate it when our friends become diabolical.
0: Fortunately I, for me, I don't get it.
1: Oh, good. Good. I can't, like, I, I think I mentioned last issue that as long as he sticks this landing, this will be one of my favorite series runs of all time. This was a huge move in that direction. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. Look forward to the next one. Thumbs up, Alex. You're back. you can come back. Next Yay.
0: <laughs> I, I was already here. Yeah. I heard all of that. I know. It's okay. Uh,. Mr. and Mrs. X number 10. I don't we haven't talked about this book in a while. No, we haven't. Uh this is very good. I love this very much. I do
1: too. I love how lighthearted their relationship is but yet how serious both of them are taking it.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, I also
1: um, really like the Spiral stuff here. I'm not normally a big Spiral fan. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. I'm not a big Mojo fan. I'm not a big Spiral fan. They are both handled very, very well in this. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I also like that we get in this just a moment of connection to what's going on in Captain Marvel. Yes! Um, I've talked about it before on here that like I was really kind of nervous that there were not many people other than Kelly Thompson I would have trusted to handle, like, bringing that relationship back up and doing it well. But kind of in that spirit, like, even even having just seen that Captain Marvel issue handled well, Mm -hmm. knowing that she did call Rogue and that Rogue's response was, well, this must be serious if she's calling me. I gotta go. Like,
1: she never calls me to ask for help for obvious reasons. If she is she needs
0: it even that like added bit of context yes I think does worlds for what was already I think a pretty successful version of telling their story together
1: yeah and it's and don't get me it's like two panels in this book but it's just enough right um, at, at the same time, we and we kind of touched on it earlier. The personality that Spiral has in this in this story yeah. is my favorite Spiral personality I've ever seen.
0: Yes, yeah,
1: yeah. Where she's kind of she's super snarky, but not like evil or yeah, yes.
0: Yeah, she's taking care of herself, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, very much enjoy this. Like I said, we haven't talked about it a lot, but if you're not getting this, then certainly you it to yourself to pick it up in trade because it's really really good
0: yeah and maybe maybe light spoilers here mm-hmm. uh what do you think of because i i'm not sure i know what to think because i don't think i know much other than what was on the x-men tv show about gambit's family what do you think of his father showing up there and being like hey gotta come home son uh i'm a little torn especially with the
1: title of the next book Which is it's it's next is the Lady and the Tiger.
0: Oh right, yeah, I don't I don't get that.
1: The only thing I'm thinking of is it like is it Tiger like Madripoor Tiger, and somehow there's a link from. Remy and his family in new orleans to madripoor
0: oh that could be that would be interesting maybe. right
1: that, and that was my thought is if there's some link between them because i mean i don't want to say they're they could they could be portrayed parts of them as similar type cities yeah right uh so that could be an interesting thing yeah yeah anyway look forward to finding out
0: because i'm really enjoying it me too so thanos number one came out this week yes and how was this alex well teeny howard wrote it and it's about a force of death so it was pretty fucking great i bet it was um i wish it will never happen but i wish i could get my brand my personal brand just as tightly distilled as teeny howard's is where to this (laughs) point when i see like marvel announces thanos marvel announces death's head marvel announces whatever i can be like oh a mini series about an avatar of death of some sort i bet that's teeny and then it is (laughs) And then it is. Yeah. Uh, I am actually really envious of that. (laughs) That clarity of purpose. Uh, Now, it's really good. This is framed as Gamora telling Thanos'. A part of Thanos' history. We've had Thanos miniseries before that are like his childhood or his becoming this avatar of death. This is set in a period that I don't think we've seen much. I definitely haven't seen much of. That is, while he knows he's eventually going to be in open conflict with Magus, but knows that it is not time for that conflict yet. So he is playing the Bugs Bunny to Magus' Elmer Fudd. And just fucking with him as he tries to get new converts by going in and killing them before they can sign up for his church.
1: Which, uh, that's one thing about Thanos, and and just about all of his incarnations, and you kind of have to respect it, is, like, he knows who he is. Yeah. Right? Well,
0: and he knows who he is, and this is very clear and very consistent with that. And I make it sound goofy, and it's not. But this is almost like the trickster version of that. This is, you know, like death as a joke in a way. Um, without it being funny, it's it's that Bugs Bunny thing I think is actually kind of appropriate because it's very much just him screwing with someone because he can. Right. Because
1: he knows it doesn't, like yeah. right now, it doesn't kind of have consequences. Right. right.
0: Well, and it's like if Bugs Bunny didn't screw with Elmer Fudd, then Elmer Fudd could get the drop on him. Right. But because he does and he's that much more clever, he never will. Yes. Um, And it's that same kind of... Now, that said, it's very much about, you know... Also, Thanos is the Mad Titan for a reason, and he is kidnapping and slaughtering members of his own crew because he can only feel when he kills and he is estranged from death and needs to find her embrace once again. <laughs> um, and again, maybe minor spoilers here, but uh, we this ends with his taking in Gamora, who is the only other person he's ever met at this point who can also see death. Oh, okay. Um, and the explanation for that that we get at the end... Yeah, maybe it's the full story, maybe not, but it's a good explanation. I mean, it makes sense. It's you know why why would Gamora see death? Well, it's going to come for her one way or another, essentially. Uh, at
1: this point uh, in her yeah, life. It's tied to her destiny kind of thing.
0: Right. Well, no, I mean, it's... Okay, so I've called minor spoilers. It's very much the, if you take me with you, eventually it will be the end of me. But Mm. if you leave me here, I will starve or die of exposure or something because you've slaughtered everyone else one way or another. Either
1: path leads to it, but yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, But yeah, it's, it's... there is kind of a lightness of tone that you don't normally get in a Thanos book, but it still treats the subject seriously yeah um right. it's it's a balancing act that you know I joked about you know teeny teeny Howard having a very clear brand but it's a balancing act that she's very good at and that I would think be is why she has that brand <laughs> I think that that's why she writes these kinds yeah. of stories about death so well is there's a there is a lightness around it that she a, a light touch that she can take with it that I think is very effective nice. Also, the art is just super, super good. Um, It is Ariel Olivetti Mm. on art uh, with Antonia Fabella on colors. And like, there are shots just flying through space and you get these like purple void galaxies through the back and in the background of Thanos' ship. And it's like, uh, it's it's really well considered. It's really well thought out. Um, Yeah, I, I... really strongly recommend it um i'm not even that big a thanos person um at all and i still really dug it so uh moving on brian yeah time to check it on the war of the realms <sighs> venom number 13
1: yeah, we had uh, we had two War of the Realms book tie-in kind of things this week. We had uh, the first was Venom number thirteen, which is uh, much like the um, the the Frank Castle book that came out last week. This is uh, kind of a almost a, a standalone side story from War of the Realms. Yeah, that happens during it, but it's um, and I, because I don't read Venom. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm fairly certain this takes place just prior to the current Venom storyline.
0: I would say that probably
1: makes like the, sense. Like, right before issue one. Like, I, yeah. And I think it even makes reference of something that happens in issue one that's, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and...
0: There would not be very much room in the current Venom story right. for this to take place.
1: There you go. Yeah. Um. And there are there is uh, somebody who's going around with a dream crystal that specifically a weapon um uh, oriented theme uh dream crystal that provides you know someone with their greatest dream of a weapon to do this and of course it gives Eddie back his venom suit cool his symbiote um. Mm-hmm. And then it, on the last page of this, it turns out that the guy's like, ooh, I made a mistake. I didn't know that Venom would be this powerful and would do this. So maybe I need somebody to oppose him. So he gives the dream crystal to someone else as well. And I will not
0: say who that is. But yeah. Oh, come on. Call spoilers. No, nope. say it. Nope.
1: Nope. I'm not going to.
0: <laughs> okay. How about War of the Realms Uncanny X Men number one? Yep.
1: So this is the other one, and this uh, this takes place pretty much right in the middle of uh, Uncanny X Men that's going on right now. Okay, that was uh, my first question was is, is this
0: is this a separate thing just to kind of keep it contained, or is it a separate thing because it's before Age of X Men or, or or whatever happened?
1: Nope. It is right in the middle. So there are certain people who they have already captured and are holding prisoner in there. Basement, I think, right? Yeah. Uh, and they, because of what happens uh, during War of the Realms, they go get those people. Magic goes and gets those people because they need all the help they can get, type thing. Gotcha. Um, but essentially, what happens is they're in a battle. This other this the fight. And Danny hears the call of Odin for the Valkyries. Oh yeah! And she's like, "I gotta go now!" And she goes and, and whispers something to Magic, and Magic teleports her, and they're both gone from the fight, right, right in the <laughs> middle of the fight. And they're and everybody else is like, "What the hell? What are they?" You know. Da, 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 da. And sure enough, Magic comes back, and she's like, "Danny's in trouble. I, you know, I need your help." And goes and gets everybody she can and takes them to Manhattan just after Strange has taken everyone else, including all the heroes, out of Manhattan. Ah. <laughs> yes. Oops. Yeah. So that that's kind of what happens, and then they end up kind of splitting up, and um, a couple of them go, af- go pursue where they think Danny is, and a couple of them are kind of... Um, Trying to and then the the ending of this first one is Danny shows back up and basically it's right after all the Valkyries have been slaughtered in mm. War of the Realms.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I, we've talked before on the show about how much I like Rosenberg writing. Yeah. X Men. So it's super super good and it fits very very well with both his book Uncanny X Men and with War of the Realms. Like it's a very seamless tie in, which is hard to do. And yeah. He did it well.
0: So this is Rosenberg writing as well. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I probably should have picked this up. I probably probably should have. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. All right. Last one before Mm -hmm. is it still good? Queen of Bad Dreams number one, which is a new Vault comic. Um, And look, I don't know how many times and how many ways I can say if Vault publishes it, you should probably try it. But it never gets any less true. Um, if the rest of this is as good as this first issue, it will be one of my favorite books of this year. Yeah. Um, this is about a woman who works for an agency that's responsible for taking dreams that come to the real world. Mm-hmm. And subduing them and deciding whether they should be returned to the dreamer's mind. Terminated or basically granted asylum. Allowed to live in the real world as you know their own autonomous entity. And it's a fun premise just in its own right, but uh, the writer Danny Lore has such a really, really great voice in in the narration um, and just in the writing in general. It's it's it feels very much like like kind of what you'd recognize as police procedural, but it has a way more personal tone. Um, and it tends to be I get kind of lighter, kind of like what I was saying with Thanos. It's the serious thing, but it feels almost bouncy i mean i don't think it's gonna stay like super lighthearted. i don't know that i'd call it super lighthearted, but it's not self-serious right it's, it's not it's, it's so not, heavy-handed
1: right it's not a very mournful type yeah
0: right yeah. um i mean there's 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 implicit two kind of it structure that i don't want to go into too much partly because i think it's better read and partly because i think we've only seen part of it after an issue and that i don't think i've got entirely a full picture um but like the the narrative structure of it there's i think a sadness inherent to it i think there's obviously something has gone wrong or will go wrong as the story's being told from some point in the future um but i don't know it's it's i don't think i've read a comic quite like this um just kind of in the way that it, it really does i mean it moves quickly it introduces a lot it balances a lot it has a really deft touch in terms of some social commentary that you might some you might expect and some you might not uh, just from that premise of I mean it sounds like it would be almost almost like uh, uh, you know a a fable on immigration and it really doesn't lean into that it actually leans into some other things okay um, but maybe also you know a little bit of that you're not going to escape that in 2019 yeah um, I don't know it's 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 smartly written it's the kind of thing I don't want to just pick and try to in- interpret after unissued Issue. Right, uh, but I want more, and I want more right now. <laughs> um, I may
1: end. Up, I think I'm probably going to end up just buying the trade of this when it's done.
0: As long as you read it somehow, I don't care yeah. how.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually had it on my list and did not find it at, yeah. the, at the store. So if I can find it somewhere, I may pick it up. Yeah. If not, I'll I'll just do trade.
0: Yeah. Uh, there were weird FedEx shenanigans with our coffee. Yeah. Shop, our coffee shop. Our comic shop this week. <laughs> I'm thinking about coffee. I need a... I've only had one cup. Yeah. Um, anyway, if you can find this book, definitely, definitely check it out. Or grab yeah. it on Comixology or wherever. Excellent. So that's that's uh, all the books we had slated to talk about, right? But Brian, where is your quote of the week from? <gasps> uh,
1: you know what? I did have it. Let me see if I can find it. Because uh, I, I remember when I read it, I was like, ooh, this is going to be what it is. Now I don't remember what it's from.
0: Um all right let's start with is it still good and i'll look for it while we do this okay it's time for is it still good <laughs> batman beyond number 31 uh this starts off a new arc um i'm gonna break format a little bit on this one since it's a new arc um you kind of get a sense of what the twist for this arc is gonna be from page one and it knows that it, it, it knows that intentionally or it does that intentionally um, something happens and an Arkham inmate, we don't know which one and Bruce Wayne end up swapping places. And that ends up with whoever they are like in the Batcave with Terry and Matt. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see where this goes. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I actually, I did find it and yeah. I can't believe I'm cause I actually referenced the conversation, but then didn't actually remember that that was it. Yeah. It was, it was the conversation between Maggie and the thing. And he, she's like, have you ever, um, you know, was someone something of another species? And his replies, I'm an Olympian. My dear, have you ever met
0: Zeus? <laughs> I almost asked if that was it. I thought you were going there, and then you didn't like it. I I guess not.
1: Yeah, no, that was it. That okay. was it.
0: <laughs> Brian Yes. Dial H for hero number two. Oh, God, this is such
1: such nostalgic, big, dumb fun. Um, So uh, our hero doesn't want the hero dial anymore, so he tries to throw it away and then realizes that if somebody else gets a hold of it, it's going to be even worse, so he gets it. And it, it, just stupid, fun, kid shenanigans with new heroes that you'll only see once. And... Uh, I'm trying to remember who the who the first hero in this one is cuz it's so great. It is. I mean it's Goku. Jobu
0: the Zonky King. It's, it's who Goku. is part zebra, part donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Even I know it's Goku. It's Goku <laughs> and an Evangelion. Uh-huh.
1: Yes. Uh <laughs> and then we get Iron Deadhead as the other one. Um, which I love this. So all of these, they you get basically like what would be like a cover of a issue when they when the first when they first appear kind of thing. Yeah, and then you get like turn the page for their secret origin. It's like a one page origin recap. Yeah, right. And then like you get like two panels of this Iron Deadhead thing, and then like literally
0: he just smashes it. We don't have time for this. <laughs>
1: <and keeps laughs> he gets back into the story. It's right. yeah, like, stupid, stupid fun. Well, yes.
0: Flash number sixty nine and. In one sentence brian um hmm. <laughs> um
1: james jesse is the worst son
0: <laughs> freedom fighters number five brian
1: uh uncle sam's back bitches <laughs> goddess mode number five brian um now that we know what's really going on the question is how the hell do you stop it
0: justice league dark number 10 Zatanna learns the truth about her father's and John Constantine's escapades, and the Lords of Order make the uh, last inhabitants of Mira an offer that I bet some of them refuse. Mm. Um, point of order on this, does knowing how John Constantine
1: was tied in with her dad make it a little creepy that he had a relationship with her?
0: I mean... I feel like there'd need to be context to know if it's creepy or yeah, not. Fair enough. That's fair. There's That's an fair. episode of Batman the Animated Series that kind of establishes the same thing with Batman and her. Like, he trained yeah. under Zata- Zatara, and she doesn't even know his real name, and they almost got together. Like, Yeah. Uh, but
1: it would. I guess it would depend on if Constantine used anything that he knew of this grand plan to manipulate her or manipulate the situation in any way. But anyway, whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean... Constantine screws people over, but I don't. I don't think he screws people over like that. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, extremists number three. Uh, Age of
1: X Men extremists. Yeah, um, this continues the story of Psylocke and Blob that has uh, that has been building, and um, you know, we're getting in all these books closer to the crisis point of people having to decide what they believe. And how they want to live.
0: Avengers number 18. We learn how Coulson built the Squadron Supreme of America and of the deal with the devil he made to make it happen. Okay, like,
1: I didn't, like, even the origin of all of these characters is just 100% pure DC.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Black Widow number four,
1: Brian. (laughs) Um. Black Widow shows them what No Restraints play really
0: is. (laughs) (laughs) Doctor Strange, number 13. Uh, Steven messes up some political maneuvering in the magical realm that that he and uh, Galactus are in and becomes the new Herald of Galactus. And Clea is still the best. (laughs) Fantastic Four, number 9. Number 9. Number 9. Number 9.
1: We we learn what the FF has each learned from the others of the team and how they're stronger because of it. And then Valeria saves the day.
0: Ironheart number five. Riri learns an important lesson about... Uh, letting rich strangers whose asses you've saved give you money to fund your own lab because you deserve it. Marvel Comics presents number four, Brian. Um, we continue our Wolverine
1: story of uh, him and the sorceress fighting the truth as uh, in another 10 year arc here. I have a question. Uh, yeah. Can
0: he handle the truth? Um, not he, by himself. Does he want the truth?
1: Not by himself. Okay. Uh, he, you know what? He doesn't mind facing the truth. I'll say okay. that. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we get a, uh, we get an uh, kind of an early Spider-Man story of, uh, let me see, let me get back to it real quick, of back in the 70s when Star Wars first came out and how Peter gets to see Star Wars by that. So this um, is
0: definitely a different timeline than the one where Peter Parker has never seen Empire Strikes Back in Civil War in Captain America. Well, I don't Civil know cuz
1: this is this is the original Star Wars. So okay. yeah. So yes, we, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um but and then we get a uh, then we get kind of a... Uh, a uh, uh, super, you know, super short story, moon Knight story that does some super, super, like the best thing about this is it's clever use of panel paneling layout for, cool. for the storytelling. Like there's one where he's basically fighting his way into and through a building yeah. and where it goes across the doubles page and then back as he's fighting through the rooms and then across the bottom. Yeah. Very cool. Cool. I liked it.
0: Runaways number 20, uh, pretty much everyone's having a bad day and Gib is hungry. But won't eat. <laughs> Forgotten Queen number three, did I mention that Teeny Howard is good at avatars of death? In this one, an avatar of death creates and fights Dracula. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> All right, July 2019 solicitations, which we're going to do swiftly. Brian, do you hear me? Swiftly. Ah, swiftly. Okay, hang on. I'm pulling it up. Set a timer. We're going to see how quickly we can get through 40 titles. Yeah, there are so many. All right. First up, Raven, Volume 7, Princeless, Volume 8. We've talked about these books before. If you're waiting for these in trades, they are coming out. Check them out. Uh, second coming, number one. We have talked about this one before as well. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this one with Mark Russell on the show way back in like, what, July?
1: Yeah, it was a long time ago. Like, yeah, it's been close to a year. It
0: was before I moved. Um, this was going to be a Vertigo book and found a new home at, uh, Ahoy. Ahoy. Mm -hmm. And Jesus and off-brand Superman are roommates. Uh, yeah. What do you want to add to that? Do you want to add to anything? Yeah, no, I've been
1: waiting for this since we talked to him about it. So, yeah. Cool.
0: Ghosted in LA number 1. Uh this is actually one that I thought Jen would also be into. It is cena Grace who did that Ice Man run. Um it is about a uh a woman who needs to find a new place to live after a breakup oh. in LA and yes. ends up living in a haunted house with ghost roommates.
1: Yes. But she <laughs> lives there cuz the rent's so good, right? Yes. Yeah.
0: Uh, a pair of books. Black Hammer Justice League, Hammer of Justice number one, and the World mm-hmm. of Black Hammer Encyclopedia one-shot. Brian, I will let you, our resident Black Hammer expert, talk about these.
1: Yeah, no secret that I love this Black Hammer stuff. Um, and, yeah, so we're getting a Black Hammer Justice League crossover, which is just great, seeing as how these characters are kind of pastiches of, of DC characters, anyway. Um, uh, So, I-, I can't wait to see how they do that. That's gonna be fun. And... Uh, I mean, Lemire's writing the whole thing, so it's going to be good. And then we get World of Black Hammer Encyclopedia, which is kind of cool because we are now at a point that we've had like some things that happened in the past, and we know some things that have happened like, after the, the main storyline, Black Hammer. So getting something that kind of puts all of those into context with each other, I think is going to be cool.
0: As a quick PSA, yeah. Humble Bundle, right now. Has a Jeff Lemire sale going mm. on where you can get the first volume of Black Hammer and Sherlock Frankenstein, as well as like all of Gideon Falls and Descender and 80 After Death and some of his creator own stuff and some of his valiant stuff for 15 bucks. That
1: sounds like a huge deal because yeah. I know at least three or four of those are really good.
0: Plutona is in this list And it is okay. phenomenal yeah. um, So just throwing that one out there I think we talked about Descender and Ascender Last week with Tim mm-hmm. So yep. I've already messaged him about it Batman Curse of the White Knight Number one, the sequel to Sean Murphy's uh, Batman White Knight White Knight, yes Yeah,
1: yeah which I absolutely adored That, that little uh, arc and run And when I found out there was gonna He was going to be able to do more I was super excited about it And now it's here
0: Yep, and this is also an Asriel story, so if you are into Asriel, this is for you. Uh, I'm excited for this one, too. All right, yeah. here is a set of three things we're going to cover together. Mm-hmm. Batman Universe, Superman Up in the Sky, and Wonder Woman Come Back to Me, a trio of six-issue miniseries that are reprints of the stories from those Walmart-exclusive DC giant size. Collections. Yeah.
1: So I, I think we only mentioned this like once or twice before. Yeah. It was a while ago that Walmart had these exclusive like hundred page giants. Yeah. They were that had generally like three or four stories in them, but one of them was new yeah. by current writers.
0: They were typically pretty hard to find. Um, yeah. They actually were really solid. I uh, basically right up until they announced these, I did track them all down and then like, okay, well it's even just going to be cheaper for me to start over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> But especially if you if you are newer to comics, like they're really well collected editions of things. If you haven't been grabbing them, then this is Batman written by Bindus, mm-hmm. Superman written by Tom King, and Wonder Woman from Connor and Palmieri. Connor yes. and Palmieri, thank you. Yes. Um, and I've read some of these. These are these are fun.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm super glad that we're we're seeing these collected, so I can actually get yeah. this and read it.
0: Yes. All right continuing with july we have the first two-thirds of the return of young animal mm-hmm. i think we are well established in our love of young animal indeed uh we get uh we get
1: doom patrol back we get doom patrol back and a new art
0: called weight of the worlds yep it's
1: more more uh gerard way doing doom patrol
0: yep we have Gerard Way's brother, along with Sean Simon, writing Collapser. Um, yeah, when-
1: real quick, this is about a guy who gets a black hole delivered to him in the mail. <laughs> and it, like, embeds itself in his chest and gives him superpowers. And it's a young animal book about a guy who has a black hole in his chest. Like, how can you not want to read
0: that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh the third the third young animal book which isn't solicited in July. We'll talk about it next month. But it is the comics debut of uh NK Jemisin mm. whose novels are from what I've read just amazing. I mean the the ones I've read so far they're just amazing. She's got a fantastic sense of voice and I am super excited for this. It's about a greed lantern in a you know far off sector. Yeah. Uh super stoked for that. All right. A pair of books that are coming out of Bendis's action Superman run and Leviathan. Jimmy Olsen, number one, and Lois Lane, number one. I'll take Jimmy. You take Lois. Okay. I knew you'd do that, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) well, it's because I like I like pointing out when I'm right sometimes, and I said, yeah, you know, I bet that if Bendis comes to DC at some point, Matt Fraction will come to DC. Mm-hmm. Matt Fraction is coming to DC with Jimmy Olsen uh, writing Jimmy Olsen, and Steve Lieber is drawing. Uh, he did, um, Superior Foes of Spider Man with. Uh, uh 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 nick spencer not nick spencer um help brian writing spider-man right now
1: oh uh um uh god god um keep keep talking i thought you were okay saying. i don't know why I'm is it nick like spencer like,
0: wait i've uh, got it sitting right here yeah it is
1: nick spencer yeah
0: yeah okay
1: i just assumed like I, yeah.
0: yes okay go yeah <laughs> you heard where i said it's tech week right <laughs> Justice League Dark Annual, number one, Brian. Oh, wait, no, Lois Lane. You talked about Lois Lane. It's your turn to talk about the thing.
1: Oh, right, yeah. So Greg Rucka is doing Lois Lane, and um, I... I don't know why, but I always tend to like Lois stories. Yeah. Um, I think it's because there's no superpowers involved. Yeah. And sometimes that's it's really nice to see humans in superpowered worlds mm-hmm. and how they deal. And Lois clearly bridges that gap between those two worlds yeah. and always so it's always fun to read those stories.
0: Justice League Dark Annual Number One, Brian. Yeah, so this is still
1: uh, James Tynan writing this, and um, I gotta, zo- I gotta zoom in. I can't even read it. Um,
0: <laughs> we get a new avatar. This is,
1: yeah, this is. We talked about this when Witching Hour happened, mm-hmm. and the Parliament of, of the Trees was destroyed. And we talked then about what the heck's going to happen. How is this going to resolve itself? And we get that answer with the new representation of the green in this book. Yes. And I've been waiting for this story to happen.
0: Vampirella number one. Vampirella is back on our lists because Christopher Priest is writing. That's why. And uh coming up on Free Comic Book Day, which is this Saturday as you listen, May the fourth, mm-hmm. there is going to be a Vampirella Free Comic Book Day number zero that kicks this off. yeah
1: uh, Yep. So if you're interested you should pick it up yep. free.
0: Uh christopher priest is the reason like like yeah it is christopher Absolutely. priest is very good
1: i'm not a, i'm not i mean uh, i only like vampirella when it's a writer that i know i like yeah so yeah
0: red sonja lord of the fool lord of fooled one shot brian lord of fools i think oh. i think i mistyped that lord which of makes fools. more sense
1: than, than lord of fooled yes. hey
0: brian fooled <laughs> me once <laughs> nice yeah
1: this is mark russell who is already writing red Sonia and uh, yeah, this is uh, basically. I don't. I'm not even sure why they're doing this as a one shot spin because it it definitely ties right into what happens right after issue number six of mm-hmm. Red Sonia. So I almost got the feeling that it was it could have been in the main series, but like he just wanted to tell this kind of story a little bit about a different character. So gotcha. they spun it off into a one shot. Yeah. Cool. And I like I like the main series right now. So I was like, I bet I'll yeah. like
0: this. <laughs> Here is one that I slipped onto Brian's list. Charlie's Angels versus the Bionic Woman, number one, written by Cameron D'Ordio, who is one of the co-writers of Josie and the Pussycats.
1: Yeah, like, I saw this and I thought about it, and my my thought process was, yeah, if I've got enough room that week, I'll see if I can't squeeze it in just to see what it's like. But then I found out, like, I love Josie and the Pussycats so much, now now I'm going to have to at least get number one and try this out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Sea of Stars, number one, from Image. This is Jason Aaron and Dennis Hallam, mm. who until now has written under the pin name Dennis Hopeless and recently started using his, his given last name. Um, this is about a space trucker and uh, his kid doing a haul across space and then the truck gets bitten in a half by a giant space leviathan and becomes like a survival thing from the sound of it. There's also a talking space monkey riding a space dolphin, so I don't think it's going to be just, like, grim survival. I think it's going to be, you know, fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for that. I'm also excited for the Bitterroot Red Summer special one shot. (laughs) uh that gives some backstory on characters who we've seen in the first arc uh bitter roots like on hiatus until the fall uh so this will also just be a little taste of that and i, I i'm just going to take any opportunity i can to say you should be reading this book if you're not brian um okay brian yeah you have a pair of cullen bun books unearthed I number do. one from image and manor black number one from dark horse
1: so we know, we know that cullen bun can be kind of hit or miss for me sometimes i tend to like him best when he's doing horror type stuff yep hey guess what these two books are <laughs> uh, yeah they're horror type stuff oh, so that's good i never would have guessed <laughs> One of these is um, uh, about a, a very powerful sorcerer who passes away and his house, which is very clearly a some sort of magical, anchored, mystical place, um, his... Children start fighting over it, as far as who is going to control it, right? Yep. And you know, stuff gets out and bad things happen. So uh, it is is compared slightly to uh, to lock and key, which like that that bit me in right there. Colin Bunn <laughs> writing horror type stuff and comparing it to lock and key, like you, you combine those and that's going to happen. Yeah. Um. And then the other one is uh, right down here is called. Oh, by the way, that's from Dark Horse. Uh, the other one is called Unearthed. No- Number one, and it is from Image, and this is kind of a uh, apocalyptic type thing too. That there's a. Like a, a flesh-eating disease that's that's taking out and destroying every, you know, killing the world. Uh, and it starts in a, in a small village in Mexico. When the team goes to investigate, um, they end up tracking it into this cave system underground. So there's this, like, whole underground, creepy Underdark. world that they discovered. Yeah, almost, yeah. And, you know, the, what happens when they get down there is what this is about. And it sounds cool. Cool, reaver number one, Brian. Uh, this is where's this one at? Uh, I think this is on the next page. It is. This is uh, Justin Jordan, uh, and this is um. I I'm trying to think. This is a continent that was lost, kind of like Atlantis, mm-hmm. right? Except um, it is described kind of as a what happens in a world where politics and you know what kind of games of throne-ish where there's these super political intrigue factions and uh different things vying for power in this kind of lost continent
0: cool yeah uh this little book called paper girls number 30 Oh
1: yeah! I only mention this because this is the last issue of Paper Girls. Yeah, I know, right? I mean, both obviously both super satisfying because I'm so happy that but Brian's Kevon's completing this story, right? But sad because, you know, it's going to be done. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it deserved mentioning that this is, you know, this is the last, uh, July will be the last issue. And if for whatever, God only knows what reason, you haven't started this after this is over, that's the time. If you've been waiting and said, oh, you know what? Well, when it's all done, then I'll pick up the whole thing and read it. Yeah. There's your time. It's coming. Yep
0: yeah the future is now well the future, the future is, is july july yeah uh yeah. speaking of futures and july house mm-hmm. of x and powers of x number one these are two x-men miniseries written by jonathan hickman we've talked about them before we've talked about why i'm excited for them before it's you hickman. Mean jonathan
1: hickman writing x-men what
0: yeah <laughs> Yep. that's it that's the reason that's why i read these books Uh, History of the Marvel Universe number one And Invisible Woman number one Uh, Maybe they don't seem at first Like they've got a lot in common But they have one thing Other than both being miniseries They're both written by Mark Waid Mark Waid, yeah Um, I think we've talked a little bit about History of Marvel Universe before In reference to Spider-Man Life Story Mm Mm-hmm um kind of being maybe another project that seems like it might be a little along those lines
1: this is one of those things like every 10 years or so marvel does a history of the marvel universe yeah and it's always fun i mean i've always enjoyed reading them to catch up on not just what's happened in the last 10 years but how older things have altered in the new continuities yeah right yeah
0: well and i mean mark wade's entire career is built on this kind of yeah like like not, not in a skillful the skillful manipulation of continuity. Yes. So this is like right up his alley. Mm-hmm. And Invisible Woman number 1, Brian, you want to you want to hit me with that one? I mean, there's I don't know that there's a whole lot to say other than uh, you know, it's uh,
1: uh, Sue Storm as an agent of shield.
0: This is something that <laughs> some one shot or something like 2 years ago actually introduced the idea of Mm-hmm. that she like secretly took missions for nick fury at one point in her life yeah um and i bet it kind of, i bet it kind of tickles some of that similar like skillful manipulation of continuity itch to like sneak her into little moments here and there would be my guess yeah yeah all right our next pair of books and we've talked about both of these before i know loki number one written by Daniel Kibblesmith, and Valkyrie number one, written by Jason Aaron and Al Ewing. Yeah. These are both coming out of War of the Realms. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Loki, on the cover, at least, who knows if it's real or not, does have a certain hammer. I mean, it is Loki, right? Yeah. And Valkyrie is specifically who, Brian?
1: Jane Foster. Yeah. Yeah. Um and it, you know what and it, very specifically in the last issue of War of the Realms right what was she tasked with by Freya being the All Mother yeah and and protecting the Asgardians yeah. right yeah who protects the Asgardians that would be the Valkyries yeah okay yeah. Brian uh
0: huh Arrow number one and Swordmaster number one sword while master. we are so also spinning out of
1: War of the Realms yeah, yeah so uh, there's a there's a series I think it's three books that's going to be coming out called Spider Man and the New Agents of Atlas uh-huh. uh huh and these are two of them these are new characters that are that are coming up, and this is one of those that they they very much are. These two in particular seem to be a bit more manga
0: type characters. Yeah. These right? are both or anime type characters. These are both Greg Pock, too, right? Uh,
1: they are, um, yeah. They're both Greg Pock. Uh, and uh, I'm interested to see. I mean, we'll get a taste of them, I'm sure, in Agents of Atlas. But I'm intrigued enough. And by the way, the artwork on them looks stunningly gorgeous mm-hmm. uh that's not a little bit of why i'm interested in them <laughs> um so i will definitely pick up these number ones just to see how what they're like cool how about
0: yeah. fantastic four prodigal son or that son with a u it is this is a
1: uh this is i think it's just three issues um because it's described as chapter one of three um And it's Fantastic Four, Silver Surfer, and Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a uh, complete side story that's its own little self-contained thing. Yeah. That's three issues, so we'll see what it is.
0: Cool. Yeah. Wolverine and Captain America, Weapon Mm. Plus, number one. Uh, This
1: is a out-of-time story. This is a 1940s story that involves Cap and Wolverine uh, running missions in the 1940s. And, you know, uh, in some ways, I in some ways they seem super extra, right? That you have these things that are out of time that don't necessarily impact content. Yeah. But at the same time, in some ways, I like them because they're a bit freeing. Yeah. In that they don't have to, because they're out of time, they're not tied into the current continuity in any way. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't work well. And we'll see which one this one does.
0: All right. Uh, this little thing called Age of X-Men Omega number one. I can't fathom why this is on your list, Brian.
1: Well, actually, so this is actually on my list for two reasons. One is because I, it's obviously Age of X-Men Omega. It's the wrap-up epilogue conclusion of, you know, all of these miniseries that have been coming out that I've been talking about. The other reason is to remind me to tell everybody that also uh, later in that month, all of the trades for the different Age of X-Men miniseries is coming out. Ah. Yes,
0: it's like me trying to backlog the backlog. I, hey,
1: I I didn't. Did I say your name, Alex? You Alex? looked at me, Alex. <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Mueller. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, all of those, all the Age of X man trades are coming out.
0: Death's Head number one. See previous comments about teeny Howard writing Avatars of Death um i'm just gonna read solicitation copy here because i can do it no greater justice than that (laughs) when a job goes wrong intergalactic mech merc death's head wakes up half assembled at a punk show uh also supporting characters in this hulkling and wiccan so if you are a young avengers fan probably something you want to check out very nice yep uh, Giant-Sized Ecstatics, number one. Did you ever read any Ecstatics, Brian, or no, was that in your... I did your...
1: never read any Ecstatics, which is why this did not make my list. That's the only reason, I'm sure.
0: I actually have the, like, complete Ecstatics omnibus. Oh, it's, like, man. four inches thick. Um, Mike Allred. Mike Allred is the artist and one of the co-creators on this team. Darwin Cook did a little work on it, too. Um, it's basically, like, what if you took a what if you took a team of obscure mutants who were basically reality tv celebrities it was like the real world but with mutants um and just followed them around as they tried to deal with the business side of being reality tv celebrities okay uh they're terrible i mean it started as it started off as an x-force reboot and then became its own thing um it's so bizarre and fun and i love it very much um secret warps remember the Mm. secret wars tie-ins yes Al Ewing is spearheading a series of, I believe, six annuals, one for each of those characters, uh, that will come out through July. So I will be looking into those, reading those because Al Ewing, and mm-hmm. because those were fun. And I mean, the thing I wanted to see from those was more of just their existing, getting past origins, and I think right. this yeah, will be a you, chance you to Right
1: You mentioned when they came out that it so much of it was wasted on telling their origin story, yeah. which in some Cases you could have guessed anyway. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Um, and I've heard like some positive buzz already around, because, you know, comics people talk, you know, show scripts and ideas to others and to editors. And apparently, some of the Arachnite stuff, there's already buzz going around being pretty cool. Um, okay. And Arachnite was my favorite of the first round of these anyway.
1: Which was Spider Man and Moon Knight? Yep.
0: Yeah. um Marvel team up number four Brian do you know why this one's on my list
1: Marvel team up number four this is Spider-Man and Miss Marvel
0: you are half right okay one through three are Spider-Man and Miss Marvel oh okay uh number four is Miss Marvel and Captain Marvel responding to the sudden reappearance of Marvel okay written by Clint McElroy
1: oh good Lord <laughs> <sighs>
0: That's the damn it, I've got to buy another book face. You can't yeah, see that at exactly home. That's exactly what that is. But face I can is. see that here. And oh. it's a delight. Damn you, backlogger! <laughs> well, while you're busy dabbing me, there's also a Miss Marvel annual about Miss Marvel fighting the Super Scroll, written by Magdalene Visaggio. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And then the last two books are a pair of vault titles. Which, in and of itself, is, is really all I need. All the reason I need. Uh, one is called Resident, and the other is called Sarah and Royal Stars. Um, Resident is about a single father of three kids who has to mm. leave like this secluded home in this chaotic world to get medicine for his, his youngest child, who has a chronic illness. Um... Like a su- sci fi survival like a, kind yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, like a post apocalyptic. I don't know if it's post, but it's definitely a survival world, right? Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and Sarah and the Royal Stars is. It sounds like space opera. Um, it's set as Civil War. or maybe not space opera, actually. It doesn't say space in the uh, Royal Stars. That's probably where I got that from. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, trapped on Earth. Yeah, okay. So probably space element here. Honestly, I've seen like some some promo art for it on Twitter, and it looks gorgeous. That's the main thing that, other than being a vault book, got it on my radar. Yeah. Um, it's about a princess who's like basically just trying to save her people. So. So you've got writers, you've got artwork,
1: and you've got titles or, you know, uh, publishers that you that you try, like Vault. Oh, I've also got you colorists get, I follow and letterers I, I, I know, follow. But my point being, if you get, like, two out of those categories... Yeah. It's probably worth to sh- taking a shot, trying it out.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. Um... Okay, we did it. We got through all that. We got through Oof. everything. We only God have one belief. thing left to do.
1: Wow, no no drought for uh for new comics coming out in July. No, huh? we've
0: said the last couple of months. Well, we're kind of in that part of the year where, you know, we're catching up from from you know, the holidays and and things not having kicked in yet. Yeah,
1: we're out of that
0: part. Yeah. <laughs> in a big way. <laughs> My wallet weeps for July. Mm. But first, we must weep for next week's books to read there. Next week's books to read. Go read. All right. We have one shared across both our lists. That is Deceased mm-hmm. number one. Ah, yes. Tom Taylor, DC characters, zombies. Do we need to say more?
1: There so are a horror, movie
0: va- horror movie variant covers, and the first one has an it variant cover.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these look these look super cool. Um it's a 6-issue little tight single
0: story, so yep. should be fun. All right, I have DC's Year of the Villain, which okay. kind of like the uh, the DC I forget what it was called. It was it was last year around this time. Um, it was a zero issue that set up like No Justice and Bendis's Superman run and something yeah,
1: else. Yeah, I don't re- uh...
0: and it's the same thing. Their magazine yeah. was called yeah, um, yeah. Uh, uh, DC Nation. DC Nation number zero. Same yeah. same as that. It's kind of kicking off new story lines it is also in the same vein priced at 25 cents yes so i it's kind of one of those if you're a dc person reading their stuff interested in ongoing continuity it's kind of like a mandatory read and at 25 cents it's kind of like you know why not?
1: So uh, another thing to mention about this. So this uh, year of the villain thing, there is going to be through like the next, so like July, August, September those those months. There are like one shot releases, yeah, that are DC Year of the Villain, whatever, right? Yeah. Title. Um, and then there are the regular kind of ongoings that are going to be m- stories that tie into this Year of the Villain thing. Yeah. And they're doing these basically what are almost like virgin variant covers mm-hmm. that are going to be printed on like heavy card stock yeah. that look, that are basically big villain, you know, uh, face, you know, yeah. portraits. And they look stunningly gorgeous.
0: There's an art germ cheetah variant for this yes. one. Yes. Oh, oh, I am aware. I way. know you yes. are aware. <laughs> Never a question. <laughs> and finally. Yes. Tell me about Gogor. Brian. Gogor. Um, this is an image book uh,
1: by Ken Garing, uh, and he's doing the art and cover as well. So it's all it's all him. Um. This is, uh, talks about, there's a floating island called Altara, and underneath, like, underneath the island, in the island, the mystical Gogor sleeps. Um, in when, the
0: island, the yeah, floating island, the Gogor sleeps. When things the start Gogor going bad. tonight. And, there we go. That's it. Yeah, there
1: you go. Uh, <sighs> things kind of start falling apart in the world, then there's a young student who has to awaken this Gogor, guardian and then go on a quest to protect the realm cool sounds it, it, it has some kind of fun looking colorful art yeah um and you know it's uh, sounds like an intriguing little little story we'll Great. see what happens
0: cool yeah. we've done it we've made it to the end we've wow. survived another week we did we have talked about very many comics
1: mm, lots of them
0: i mean between this week's books and july's <sighs> books We've hit probably sixty-five titles. Good Lord. In an hour and twenty minutes so far.
1: You know what? That's that's not bad for that many books.
0: No. So uh it's time to go. I've got I've got to yeah, go do a Q to Q. So I'd like to thank we'd like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are available wherever you listen to podcasts or on our website at panelologypodcast.com. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology. If you have not rated and reviewed us on iTunes or haven't shared us with people in a while, we always appreciate that. Uh, you can pick up Panelology merch at bit.ly slash Um Also, we can say now officially that we will be at Momocon in Atlanta again this year. We will be on the Friday night at 11.30 p.m. doing a live panelology. We have already picked out our books, and I think it will be fun. And if yeah. you're going to be there, you should come, because I don't know what turnout at 11.30 at night is going to be like.
1: Yeah, we uh, they asked us, they were like, would you guys be willing to do any time? And we're like, sure, we don't care. And so apparently they have fun filling the 11.30 slot.
0: so yeah. they gave it to us. And we're like, cool, yeah. don't really care. we'll do it. Yeah, bring it on. Um... If you would like to listen to more of me and Jin, uh you can listen to Minds at Yerk, our bi-weekly Animorphs Reread podcast. Brian was on a recent episode. We've actually had some other guests popping in, uh, filling in for Jin lately. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you enjoy Animorphs, I strongly recommend it. Anything else, Brian? Um, I don't... Think so, not right, not currently. All right.
1: In yeah. which case, I'm Alex. And I'm Brian. Go read comics.